Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs, Jr. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and with marriage unchanged, the art of one flesh, divorce, combat, coaching is the flavor of the day, while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 192nd episode, what is your true purpose as a man? Plus live phone calls from you answering your marriage in crisis questions. So get in that queue. But if during the show you are getting value, please share for the other people can get help in their marriages. So stay tuned for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And so our quote of the day, quote, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness, end quote, Pope Benedict XVI, bam. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confused. All right. And so today I had a little technical issues of, as you see, the camera was stop, just stop working. Just stop working. Just stop working. Y'all don't, don't make no sense sometimes, does it? <laughs> I'm sitting here ready to go. Welcome to Catholic Alpha, right? Hey, ain't no camera. <laughs> All right. So let's get into this today. So remember, so the quote, let's go talk about that quote. You know, you are made for greatness. You're not made for mediocrity is what, St. Pope Ben is saying, God has many plans for you. And for us, we must understand there are levels in heaven and there are different levels in hell. Um, one of the things in the church that um, has, has been said that when all the angels fell, when a third of the angels fell, which was billions of them, then what happens was those are places that need to be filled in heaven. And so one of the reasons that God uh, created us. He has a place for us to fill those places in heaven. So what does that mean? That means that you are meant for greatness. You are meant to be in the beatific vision with our Lord. And what that means for pr and practical reasons on this earth is not to sit around and wait for things to happen, but be a man of action and create your greatness in your, in your relationship with God, your relationship with your, your, your marriage, your children, and in your community. Um, no longer as men can we sit around and just hope things are going to get better. We've seen over the last 60 to 100 years how sitting back and doing nothing 
creates exactly that, nothing. We are more degenerates in the United States. Most of the world, we are more degenerates. Everything is okay now. We can sit and watch pornography. We can sit and kill people and rape people. We can get divorced. We can take contraception. We can abort our babies. We can do anything and everything's okay. Well, if that's what you want to do, which means what? That release, when someone tells you that they do not love you, when someone tells you that they have no, they do not have your best interest in heart, at heart, they don't. Why? Because that when that, someone tells you that, that just do what you want to do, whatever makes you happy, what that means is that relieves them from all responsibility of as your friend, as your wife, as your mother, your father, your your whatever that person is in your life. And if I were you, I'd get away from as far as I can. Okay, that that's that's a stone cold truth. Right. Because doing whatever we want, we see what has happened in our country. What is what? Look at our country. Anybody who thinks that our country is good, they have a serious moral problem, a serious moral problem. Okay, without God, there is no reason to be good. Without God, there is no reason to be good because what's the end game? Without God, there is no end game. The end game is you live 400 years, you die, you go into oblivion and you hope you don't. Well, I guess that's what it is. But I'm common sense lets us know that there's no way that you die and you go into oblivion. Because why would we go through all this pain and suffering? The loss of a child, the loss of a of a mother, a father, a wife, a husband, the loss of a friend, you know, being bankrupt, um, pain and disease, you know. Um, 9-11, you know, what is all this pain and suffering for? The pain and suffering for is to get us to realize that we need God. And so if God is not real, there's no reason to talk about demons. There's no reason to talk about angels. There's no reason to talk about Jesus Christ. There's no reason to talk about nothing. We just all, matter of fact, we just all do whatever makes us feel good. And at that moment, which for many people is death, murder, rape, um, stealing, um, um, lying, whatever makes them feel good. We got, we in this country, in this world, underestimate the power of God. He is the first mover, right? So if God's the first mover, that means that everything, everything of energy, everything that moves stems from God, right? So if the first mover stopped putting his grace or his power, his eminence throughout the world, throughout the universe, everything would stop ceasing to work, and including human beings. We would stop breathing. Our heart would stop moving, but be to stop beating. We would stop breathing. That's that kind of stuff. These are theological, psychological um, theories of the universe that people today don't even really talk about. Why? Because we're too busy trying to look at our phone and play video games. And when I really started getting into this stuff, man, I started realizing I was probably, probably in my late 30s, probably early 40s. Man, I, I realized I didn't have no time left. My time is short. Am I going to continue to keep on acting like nothing, acting like nothing is what it seems to be? You know, we just I just keep going day to day with no mission, no purpose in my life. All I do is seek pleasure every day. Well, I go to work so I can seek pleasure. I mean, yeah, pleasure's great. Don't get me wrong, but there's an end game to that too. So all I'm asking today was we're going to go on break here in a second. I'm just asking today that you gentlemen 
Look at yourselves. I'm not really making a lot of statements. I'm asking a lot of questions. Look at yourselves and ask yourself, when I go over these nine, ten things, you know, how can I make that better? Is this what I want for my life? Is this one for my, what I want for my future? Because, again, remember, like we talked about yesterday, man, there are two. As a man, we got we got two end games to prepare for the end of our retirement. Or are we going to be in a nursing home by ourselves with our kids out of, without our kids around? Without our family around, without a wife around, nobody? Or are we going to be with one of our children and, and, and our kids are seeing us, our grandkids are around, our wife is around, we're happy. We're, you know, we're still, all of us are moving towards God and, and we have that mission together. Okay. I remember my wife worked at a, um, worked at a Catholic cemetery and people would die. Nobody would come. Is that what we want for our lives? They would just take, they would just take the little thing, put it in the side of the mausoleum and that's what they would do with it. Cause nobody would come. There was no funeral. There was nobody to come to see them. It was nothing. That was one of the saddest stories I ever heard. It really is. Stories like that make you stand up and go, is that what I want? That I messed up my life so bad that I can't even get my kids to come see me die. Or my grandkids or my wife or nobody's around. Or I was selfish my whole life. I didn't, I didn't do anything God wanted me to do. I just did what I want. You know, I'm a woman and I marry another woman. I'm a man. I marry another man. And then when people die, there's nobody there. There's no kids. There's nothing. Our whole life, I just did whatever I wanted to do. And now I'm by myself. And we should think about that every day. Because when you think about your life and how it ends, you realize you don't have time. You realize that this job is important, but is it, is it my life? Because think about it, man. When you're, when you're retired from your job, how many of those people come around and see you? They don't. They got their own lives. People, we have this weird way of rationalizing defiance of God, defiance of how we're supposed to be, defiant, defiant of like, well, I'll just keep doing this. And I know really it ain't right, but I'll just do it anyway. You know, and I, I, I don't know. I, I looked at myself and I had to ask myself, is this what I want? Because I was on the road, dude, that you don't want to be on. Just like most of us are on roads. We don't even know where the heck we're going. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, we barely know where the bathroom is in the morning. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so that is kind of what we want to go into. This is 2024 coming up. It says it's going to be a very hard economical year. It's going to be groceries are going to rise. Gas is going to rise. Everything in stores are going to rise. The economy is going to be really tough to handle. There's going to be a, a, a lot more devastation and things like that. Are you prepared for that? Or are we just going to wake up in January 1st and just keep doing whatever we was doing? Not preparing for nothing. And the second thing, life, the second end game you got to prepare for is what? You got to prepare your soul to be in the beatific vision with our Lord. That's two end games you got to prepare for. Your soul takes a lot, a lot of time to prepare. 
It does. People think I can die and go, oh, God, I'm sorry for everything I did the last 100 years. Save me, please. Yeah, really? Really? You know how perfect your soul has to be to get that to get that that deathbed confession thing going, that deathbed turnaround. You know how pure your soul would have to be, how much pain you would have to be in on your deathbed to see to be able to see that. Because there is heaven, there is purgatory, and there is hell. And I ask all of you today to consider all of these things because 2024 is coming. And I'm not trying to be meek. What I'm trying to do is give us hope. In that the way you battle, this is all of Satan. And the way you battle evil is you confront it head on. And the number one weapon you use, number one, is you understand that you need God and our Lord for that to battle Satan. And number two, you must understand where you're going, your mission, your purpose. What am I supposed to be doing? How do I become satisfied as a man? So with that being said, we're going to take a break. Think about those questions, gentlemen. We get back. We're going to have some fun and we're going to rock this. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay, so I have a great comment by Mazman, and he says, let me see if I can show it, show. He says, the economy is already at its worst. How can it get any worse? (laughs) Well, one of the things my wife says is, you never say that. You never ask that question. How can it get worse? Because then it gets worse. (laughs) All I know is, man, I went to the store. My wife, see, I don't go to the store. My wife goes to the store. So the other day, I went to the store because my wife was at work and I had to make my own dinner, which is cool. I like, you know, cooking's fine with me. So I went to go get some, you know, I was having some burgers. So I went to go get some tomatoes and some, um, and some, oh, some cheese and some lettuce and stuff, something like that, you know. And man, it was, and so I was walking. I was like, oh, I was going to make some fries. So I said, oh, I need some oil, cooking oil for that. So I walked by the cooking thing. The cooking oil is in the middle of the aisle. And it said, <laughs> it said, great deal. Two bottles of vegetable canola or canola oil for $9. I was like, $9? <laughs> $9 for some cooking oil, man? Are you crazy? 
Nine dollars. So you're talking five dollars, five basically five dollars for a bottle of cooking oil, some fat that ain't even real, ain't even good for you. I put it back because my wife been telling me. She said, you know, the worst is gonna get is gonna get bad. So what I'm asking is, you guys today decide to try what you're gonna do to prepare for what's happening. Um, one of the things that's good is always make sure you have water. Always make sure you have food, you know, always make sure you have batteries and lights and candles, um, because when the kind of the worse the economy get, the worse, you know, crime goes up. OK, so, you know, and another thing, too, but people don't like you don't like it, but you better get, better get you some weapons, <laughs> you know, but we sit up in your house and you ain't got no weapons. Don't think don't, you know, the name God was God with the Holy Spirit to protect you. But the Holy Spirit also said, hey, man, you got to help. So, all right. So here we go, y'all. The nine tests of authentic masculinity. So, you know, the nine tests. So these these are things that that are tests that to 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 see to ask for you to ask yourself, where are you in this world? In yourself, where are you going? Okay, so I have a bonus number 10. So basically, these are 10 things. Yesterday we covered two. So the first one is get over it. Life is a test. That's the first thing you got to realize. Why is life a test? Test of what? Of obedience. The only measure of your claim of true love of God is obedience. There's no other measure of obedience, of love for God. It's obedience. Am I going to rationalize the bad things I do, the sinful things I do, or am I going to look at myself and be a real man and understand and take responsibility for what's happening? Because this life is a test. Every time you get something in your life that is that is a bad thing, quote unquote, a bad thing that you consider bad, that is a test given sent by our Lord Jesus Christ to help you to better your soul. Most people don't really realize that Jesus Christ is in charge of all temptation. Why? Because he allows the demons, the demons have rules and they can only do certain things because if, if there were no strains on the demons, they would just kill us all. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, they're smarter. Um, everything that you could ever think of, they're highly intellectual, they would just squash us. So when a demons are allowed in your life, evil is allowed in your life, that's God saying your britches are getting too big, you're going too far away from me, and it's time that you come back, okay? So this life is a test. Remember that, okay? Number two we did yesterday is the way to authentic, authentic masculinity is through suffering and responsibility. So think about it. When you were a young kid, unless you had terrible parents that didn't make you do chores, didn't have, make you had no responsibility that you'd like today, Kids, I can't believe it. The kids that are three, four, five, six, 10 years old, 15, 16 years old, they have no chores. They have no responsibility in the house. That is completely serious parent my practice. Okay. So, but when you were a kid, think about it. When you were a kid, how did you learn? You learned and you grew through suffering and responsibility. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Okay. In order to grow as a man, you must suffer. And you must have responsibility. Okay. So now let's get let's get on for starting up today, part two. So, what is the third test of authentic masculinity? You are charged with leadership. Okay. Many people think, you know, that leadership, no matter if it's a corporate thing or government thing or in your home thing, 
They think leadership is running around telling everybody what to do. No, that's not what leadership is. Did Christ do that? Did Christ run around telling everybody what to do? No, leadership is serving. And this is one of the missions of a man is to serve. You're charged with leadership. So that means that it's your job to organize everything, make sure everything goes smooth in your home. Your job is to create an environment where your wife and children can thrive psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, to create an environment for that. And if as a man, if we don't do that, then we get what we get with our marriage and with our children. Okay. Why did I name... um, why? So one of the things I name, uh, I name my, uh, I name my my apostolate. I named it Catholic Alpha. A lot of people ask me, why did you name your ministry Catholic Alpha? The reason I did it is because I realized you cannot be a wuss in your home. And my <laughs> my um, my tagline is wuss to warrior. Some some people get offended by that. That's because they don't understand nothing. Most of us today, men are wusses. We are. We are, we have no thirst for, we have no thirst for battle. We have no thirst to do, to do things that really mean anything anymore. This is not how we were, we should, we, most of us weren't raised like that. It's just, we've kind of just fallen into it. If, if our forefathers came back today um, and, and looked and, and, and even like even slaves, if slaves came back today from, they were from, from the first when this country first started, they like, what the heck's going on this country? <laughs> like, where are the men at? Because we are wusses. We don't really understand that in order to be, in order to rise from wusses, we have to gain the warrior spirit, right? We have to get the warrior spirit. And that means it's time to battle. And in our homes, the reason many men have so many problems is they have this idea of, well, everybody just kind of do what you want to do. I got my thing to do. And the only time they do anything is when it's so bad that like that should have been taken care of five years ago. But then they all of a sudden they're going to stand up and try to try to man up and be a man. It's a little late. Your kid's 15 years old and now you're trying to discipline them. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And so and the reason I named my ministry Catholic Alpha is because outside of our home as a man, you could be whatever kind of man you want. You could be laid back, you could be chilled out, but inside your home, there's no way in hell that you can allow your home to go in chaos while while we sit around and drink beer and watch football. While everybody else in the house is is doing what they're supposed to be, you know, trying to make the thing work. We don't have there's no discipline. Our wife feels like this, that we don't love her. We're just out doing our own thing. But in your home, that's not what you, that's not the mission God gave you. You are you are tasked to be more, be greater than that. You know, a lot of guys uh, neglect their duty because it's hard, it's painful, right? And that's like number two was suffering, suffering and responsibility. Many of us shed that these days, or we got too many creature comforts. You know, and it's sad. It's really sad, man. And then if you try to make a man, I, I, I can't tell you how many women. They try their best to make their man stand up and do something. Do something. Women, you know, we could say, yeah, women have their faults, guys. They do. We all know it. Some more extreme than others. But one thing you can say about women is when our lazy butt sits on our butt, they get out and go do something. 
because women ain't going to sit back and allow their kids to not eat. If they man is inadequate, they're going to go out and figure out a way to make the family work the best they can. They don't know what they're doing because they need their husband to help them. But women ain't going to sit around and just wait on that. That's kind of how my wife is. My wife ain't the kind of woman. She, 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 get, she get tired of stuff, but she ain't the kind of woman to sit around and not, not do nothing. If things ain't going right, she's going to make, help make it right. And if you got a woman like that, you need to be thank God, thank your lucky stars, thank God in heaven that you have a woman like that. Most women are like that. They're not going to just sit around and wait for you to man up and get together. They're going to start putting things in action. This is why you as a man have to become a man of action if you want respect and love and devotion. Because that's what women and kids respect. That's what they that's what they're looking for. I know all guys do. I know guys, all they do is they go to work, come home, watch a little TV, and then they go to bed and get them to do it again six, seven days. They don't go out in the community. They don't go to church. They don't try to make a ministry. They don't add to their environment as far as making it better. They don't do nothing. They think all I'm supposed to do is that they don't, their wife doesn't know that, that, she, that, that he loves her. The kids don't know that he loves her. That he loves them. What do you, what do we expect? We today, we are wusses. I call us, I call the men in America, the wusses of the West. Because that sure, there are some men that are trying their, there are, they're rising to the challenge, but it's tens of millions of us who ain't. And it's time. That's the reason that I started my thing. My my my. I started this whole thing because I was sick and tired of looking around at what we were becoming. What we were becoming. What are we becoming as a man? As men, what are we becoming, man? What what is it? And do we want to pass this on to our sons, the way we are? We want the best for our children. We don't we. And if you if we have a son and that son does not understand what being a man is, he's gonna go out and not add to the to the society either. One of the greatest revelations I ever had is I learned that it's my job to influence my environment. I'm not trying to influence the whole world, right? I'm not because I can't do that. That's impossible. But what I can do, I can influence my family. I can influence my marriage. I can influence my church family. I can influence my neighbors. I can influence my job, my people at my work. I can influence my kids. And then those people go out and do and take what I give them. And then they take it and give. Then they take it and give. And then that's how you become a great as a man in your family and, and adding to society. That's what most of us want. We don't want to just go to work and come home, go to bed, wake up and do it again. 99% of us as a man, we do not want that, but we lost and we don't know what to do. This is why we need our Lord. This is why we need obedience to God. This is it. That is it. So that you know your purpose as a man. And it's not just to go make money. It's really not, although money's great, <laughs> but if that was all it took, everybody would just say, hey, man, go out and make all the money you can, and then billionaires would stop jumping off buildings. 
millionaire, millionaire, millionaire's kids would stop killing themselves. If everybody was so happy, money would cure it all, but it don't. And people say, well, it's easy for you to say, Jerry, you ain't got no money. You're right. I don't have any money. But I just look at people. Just look at them. I mean, look at the look at the superstars, the basketball players, the football players, the the the, the actors, the movie stars, the musicians, the congressmen, the presidents. Just look at all of them. They're miserable. They try to act like they're not, but they are. So this is our job is to your job as a man is to influence your environment. If you don't learn anything else from this show today, that is 2024. That is what we have to do. If you want this country to change, if you want to bring our Lord back into this country, then you've got to do it. And the first place you start is where? Your darn marriage. Then your family, your kids. Okay? Start there. Okay? Um, talked about this. So here's number four. Number four. The number four test of authentic masculinity is chapter two, verse 15 through 25. Your true purpose is to protect, defend, and serve. So God tasked Adam to be responsible for all in the Garden of Eden the animals, the birds, the trees, and all. His wife, his marriage. As true man, you are responsible for everything in your home. Your wife is your helper, your advisor, your counselor. You must let her do her job in this area as you fail or you will fail as a man. I can't tell you how many men don't listen to their wife. I, it's unbelievable. We'll have sex with them. I got to call her. Hold on, call her. Let me finish this one. You have sex with them. You have sex with your wife, but you don't listen to her. Makes no sense. The reason, you know, one of the main reasons I listen to my wife and I advocate that guys listen to their wives is because that woman loves you more than any creature on this earth. There's nobody that loves you more than your wife. She has your best interest at heart. Your wife will die for you. She will. If she knows you love her more than anything, man, but we don't, we don't listen to her. God gave us our beloved wives as what? As our guide, as our counselor, as our advisor. Women ain't stupid, man. People think women who stay home and take care of the home and raise the children and, and, and build these wonderful children that they stupid and stuff, dumb. No, they ain't. They smart. They're intelligent. You know why they are? Because they've realized I can control more things by raising the greatest children in the history of the world than I can out there trying to work some corporate job. There's a woman, and I forgot who she was CEO of, but it was a huge company. And she graduated in college, and all she ever wanted, all she ever wanted was to, was to be the corporate head, like be the CEO of this company. So she graduated. She got hired at the company. Then she was the regular worker. Then she got to be a manager. Then she got to be a a, a, a what do you call it? A a, a suit like a manager, a upper management. And then one day, one day, and then during that time, she had one or two kids or something. You know how folks are. You know, one or two kids is all we're gonna have these days. Makes no sense to me either. Anyway, so she got to be. She finally got it. She got to be CEO of the company. And she thought oh, she was going to be so happy. She thought everything was going to be so great. But she realized, man, 
This ain't nothing. This ain't nothing. I'm not fulfilled as a woman. She missed her kids. She missed her husband. You know what she did? She quit her job, went back, whatever, and she went home and started raising her family. And this is this is where it this is what I'm trying to get you to understand as a man. The reason you know you are charged as the head of your home is because in the Garden of Eden, God tasked Adam with responsibility for that whole place, for everything. So you are tasked for everything in your home, the trash, the diapers, the kids, the money to make the happiness of your wife, the marriage, everything. You as the man are responsible for everything. Stop throwing for this crap. Well, it ain't my job to make my wife and kids happy. Why ain't it? You their leader. Your job, when you hear somebody say that, they don't have no sense. That's just ducking the responsibility. Like we talked about the leader thing. Your Our job as a leader is to what? When I say happiness of your wife, happiness of your kids, what I mean is this. It's our job as a man to create an environment in our home where our family can thrive psychologically, spiritually, and emotionally. We have to create that environment because if we don't, the environment ain't going to be there. Remember, your wife and kids are sitting around waiting on you to get things together. Okay? Please understand that. So this is why, and why did God task Adam with everything? Adam was our first father. So why did God task Adam with everything? Because Eve, her job is the kids. Both those jobs are equal of importance. But your wife, no matter if your wife can have kids or not, doesn't matter. It's still in her naturally. And it's this. If if um, she has to make sure the kids are nurtured, and, and, and that's why women are emotional, because their job is to nurture the children and nurture you. And this is why men get in trouble when they don't let their wives nurture them. They go to work, come home. How's your day at work, honey? It's all right. That's it. Their wife ain't seen them for 10, 12 hours, and that's all they got to say to her. That's why your wife left. <laughs> okay. All right. Please, gentlemen, understand this is your job. Get your family right. That's what we're trying to do. Okay. So I got a caller, and I'm going to take him or her right now. So give me a second to switch over. Boom. Uh, who we got? Talk. Hope I can hear them. Hey, Jerry. Hello. Hey, how you doing, man? Happy New Year, brother. Hey, happy New Year to you too. You just said the key word: get your family right. <laughs> did, did you know I'm tra tracing my family lineage back to 1910 um, in regards to um, alcoholism and divorce? Okay. My grandfather was an alcoholic and he divorced my grandmother, which put my dad and his three brothers into disrepute as far as society back in the 50s. So my dad went into the Marines. Well, I looked at my wife's side of the family. Her dad came from an illegitimate relationship. Her grandmother had three kids by three different guys. So her grandfather walked away from the responsibility to her dad back in 1920, when her dad was born, he became an alcoholic, he became a criminal, married and 
married to three different women, created kids from two of the three women, and it screwed up the whole side of that family to the point the two sons are alcoholics. The sister has an eating disorder, and my wife has the classic symptoms of an adult child of an alcoholic. So when I go in front of the judges in the court, all I'm doing is fighting for stuff that happened 100, 110 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason being is when you have a dynamic in your family, you have the dysfunction of divorce. You look at the average guy coming out of high school, he drinks the way he does in public now because he drank that way in high school. I, I, it's almost identical to the way they drank in high school. So if they used to get drunk and drink 30 beers in high school, those are the guys hanging out at the bars getting drunk all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it kills me. One of the things, like women, in, 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 um, in Ephesians, women are charged to love their husbands, no, respect their husbands, right? And so we all know that one of the, mo- the main things for men is respect. But today, we don't want to do the hard work it takes to get, to get the respect, you know, love and devotion. And, and, if, and that's one of the clues that we're talking about today. If you want respect, love, and devotion, you have to earn it every single day and, and involving God and, and, and our Lord in that is a prime thing. What do you think? I do. I agree with you. But the problem in society today, like you said, most men are worthless in society today. So you see somebody like you promoting your program or you see somebody like me taking on 37 judges and the judge is looking at me like, I don't think you get what's going on here. And I'm thinking, no, you don't get what's going on. You're a female chief judge over the county of judges that do family court, there shouldn't even be a family court. These yeah. disputes need to be taken to God. Yeah. And that's the problem. So um, and if you're not aware of this, Jerry, um, my particular case against the 10 judges in my county um, is, gonna, is a landmark case for the state I'm in. And the reason why it's a landmark case, now people know all they have to do is research the chief judge if they have a case against her. And they're going to see that she got sued by me for religious liberty. And they're going to say, wow, a judge got sued for religious liberty? And it's going to open up the doorway. And I think Roe versus Wade being overturned was critical because now people are starting to see we need to start going back to more traditional values. Amen. when push comes to sub, almost every woman I've ever been involved in a relationship with will always say the same thing. And I, I dated one woman in particular for a brief time. She was an executive at UPS, and that was the word you were looking for. It was an executive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, if, and she said, if I had my desire, I would like to be a stay-at-home mom. Here she is making really good money with really good benefits and the stress of a 70-hour work week. Her son's out of control, and the reason why he's out of control, she's not married to his dad. Uh-huh. And she doesn't have the support of anybody doing that. And we only dated for a brief time because dating is what, like you say, it's for. And that just soured me on her completely. So when my wife and I practice celibacy towards one another, everybody around us in today's modern tired are like, I don't want to be around those people. Why would I want to be around somebody practicing celibacy? That's, uh-huh. that's just crazy. Why would you want to do that right. after midlife? Why would you want to practice celibacy? And that's why we had to go through the dissolution process because I'm trying to repair a problem that's existed in her family since 1903 when her grandmother was born. 
1910 when my grandfather was born. I'm, I'm looking at the bigger family issue, and mm-hmm. nobody sees it coming. Right. I've seen it the whole time. And that's why her daughters are now married. We never were around her daughters and their boyfriends that were taking advantage of them sexually, creating kids out of wedlock. I never went around after them after I stood up to uh, the mother of one of those sons taking advantage of my wife's daughter. Right. So in essence, what it did, it, it changed the whole dynamic to where everybody started. Like I said, the last time I called in, one of the, that same daughter is now very active in the Catholic faith. She doesn't know what we know, but at least her and her husband trying. are in it. Right. All right, man. So, I, I gotta and that's why it's critical. So thanks for your time, Gary. All right. Thanks, man. Have a happy new year. You too. So, all right. So, um, the thing, so that call goes to, that call goes to what we were talking about of influence our environment. Um, and as a man, and you start with your marriage, then your family, you know, then your job or wherever else, you know, people are scared to do things at their job, their spirit influence, but just by the way you act, and when when the the concept of our Lord comes up, you know, you get in where you fit in. That's the way evangelization works. People think evangelization is like sitting there from the mountaintops and saying, "You're gonna, you're going to hell. Repent." Matter of fact, that ter- turns people off. Believe it or not, one of the things I learned in Crisil is the way you evangelize people two ways. Well, I didn't learn the second one in Crisil, but the first way is. Make a friend, no, make a friend, be a friend, and bring a friend to Christ. You can't, it's hard to evangelize somebody you don't know because they don't trust you, right? You know, so you you make a friend and then you be a friend. Being a friend is telling the person the truth. Then a friend is having that person's best interest at heart. And then you bring them to Christ, right? The second thing I learned, I learned this through my through reading and, and just what I do is, um, the, the Socratic method, the way you evangelize is, is it's a Socratic method. It's kind of like what I'm doing to you guys today a lot is I'm not really making a lot of statements. I'm asking a lot of questions. You ask questions and get the, and let that person, let that person come to their conclusion on their own. Because if you say repent or you're going to hell, first of all, they're going to go, okay, they might even know, really know what really hell's about or what, what is repent? <laughs> you know, I mean, really, so the way you talk to people is very, very critical. And you evangelize them through the Socratic method, method, which is you ask them questions. And then as they answer the question, then you guide them with another question. And then eventually it'll get, if they can't answer a question, then you gently answer it for them. You know, and that's how you evangelize people and lead them to to our Lord um, through their own story and things like that. Okay. So, all right. So that's number four. Number five. Okay. So number five test of is test of a man, uh, authentic masculinity is to protect, right? So we talked about in four, protect, defend, and serve. So now we're up to protect, protect. So what is protect? Protect. You are tasked by God to protect your wife and family from physical outside threats on your home. Okay. Every man knows that. It's just, it's just in us, right? Some dude try to break in the house, you know, you go get your shotgun, you like, hey, man, boom, you start shooting people, get up out of my house, 
Because why? Your job to protect your family. You don't ask questions like, what are you in my house for? You ain't got time for that, right? You got to protect. You got you got 10 kids upstairs and a beautiful wife, and you ain't got time. And if you got some sons, your sons, they son, your sons and grab their shotguns too. <laughs> so everybody's ready, right? So that's the that's that's the part, that's the first part of protection. Then the other part of protection, part B, is you are charged to protect your wife from you because she loves you. The opportunity for you to cause great pain is always present. Many guys don't realize that in your marriage, when you argue with your wife, when you fight with your wife, when you call her names, when you blame her, when you criticize her, when you raise your voice, when you don't listen to her, all that stuff hurts her very deeply and it starts to push her away. And many times women these days, they will fight back and they fight back many ways. They argue back, okay, or they pack and leave or they file for divorce or annulment or whatever. That's how they fight back. Many guys or they go get another man. First thing men do all the time is when stuff goes bad and the wife does something that ain't right. First thing they do is look and blame her. But they don't know, they don't do what, what I call the cause and effect system. Because of how I know how women think and how they are. First thing I do is when something goes wrong in my marriage, I look at myself. Why? Because women are bonded and attached to us very deeply. So when your wife loves you, she's not going to do anything knowingly that's going to hurt you. Okay. And so she's attached to you. So when we do things like yell and scream, call her names, criticize her, blame her, don't listen to her opinions, just, just, just uh, what do you neglect her? Then what happens is that love, what I call emotional closeness, it starts to go away. And then she starts to go away. This is why it's important that you as a man understand that it's your job to protect your wife from you. So, that also means not just those things I said. It also means that you protect her, knowing her that she wants to love you. She's the most important person in your life. She's attached to you. And more importantly, out of all of that, she's bonded to you. Which means what? She's not in control of getting away from you, from you entirely. Just like when a woman's abused and her husband beat her butt or boyfriends beat her butt. This is why if you as a woman, you don't sleep with some guy. Because once you sleep with a man, then all your, all your control goes away as a girl, as a woman. He now is in control. You know it. I know it. You can try to try to not say it's not true if you won't, but it's true. And the proof is this. A boyfriend will beat the heck out of a woman, put bruises all on her. She won't say nothing. And then if her mother or her friend come and try and tell her, hey, what do you don't let him do that. You better leave. I can't leave. I can't leave. Why? Because I'm bonded to him now. It's it, you almost when a woman is bonded to you. This is the power that we have as men. We don't even know it. When when a woman is bonded to you, you almost got to kill them most time for them to leave. That's why women plan when before they leave, before they leave their husband, let's say that you as a man ain't beating your wife for nothing. This is just a regular marriage. Your wife 
that's why they plan for a year or two or three years to leave before they actually leave because they got to get support from other people, mostly women. They got to get up. They got to build up the courage to leave and they got to infiltrate their plan. Talk to guys all the time. Talk to them all the time. Man, I didn't know. She, I had no idea she was leaving because the girl been planning for two, three years on your butt. That's why. And so protection, now that you know how important you are to your wife, you can hurt her very deeply. That's why you're called to protect her. Even St. John Chrysostom says it. You can't just talk to your wife any old kind of way. Your wife is not your buddy. She is your beloved. If you don't treat her like that, a lot of us guys have harsh voices. You know, because we're men, right? We got harsh and strong and powerful voices. Except me, I got a high tone. <laughs> but it's still I can be direct. And if we if we use that voice on our wife, it hurts her. When you talk to your wife, it has to always be loving and in a caring tone because she's very sensitive to how you speak to her. Ask your wife. She'll tell you. Ask her. Ask your daughter. She'll tell you. Okay? Those are the two people that you have to be very careful when you talk to them, your wife and your daughters, because they will start to think, well, if he loves me, he says he loves me, but if he loved me, why does he treat me that way? Why does he talk to me like that? And so what happens is you start to push her away every day, every week, every month, further and further. So that is number five, protection. Number six, defend. It is our job as men to defend our home. Defend our home against what? The diabolical, Satan, the fallen angels. And if you don't do that, you're not being a man. You can protect physically. You cannot physically, as you've heard me say before, you cannot physically protect your wife and your children 24-7. But the Holy Spirit can. That's why you must engage in spiritual warfare. I talk to guys all the time that have pure evil in their home. How do I know when somebody has evil in their home? Huh? Well, their wife is miserable. They're miserable. Their kids are miserable. There's no discipline in the home. Their wife is leaving or their wife has gone. They're leaving or they have gone. It's simple. A marriage and a family is not supposed to be like that. And that comes from the man, the husband's responsibility of not defending his home against the diabolical. We must enter spiritual warfare every day. And it's your job and a duty as a man to do it. If you don't do it, you're not being a man. That's the problem. A lot of, believe it or not, a lot of marriage problems. People think that I created a great marriage on my own. Me and my wife did this on our own. No, you didn't. You create that marriage through the grace of God. Because when you get married in the church, you already get what grace is because marriage is a sacrament. So you already get Christ has already given grace for that. But to keep that grace going, you must involve Christ in your home, in your family, in your marriage, in your bedroom, everywhere to keep the grace going. And then that's how you build a great marriage in union with God, in union with you, and in union with your wife. Okay? 
You are charged by God to defend. Defend your wife and family against the diabolical, the fallen angel, Satan. To do this, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. You must be in grace with God, and you must fight to the end. You must embrace the battle. Spiritual warfare is exactly why it's called that. It's a battle. It's a war. This is the war you should be fighting. This is why you heard me say, in your home, you can't be a wuss. Because Satan's lazy, ain't he? So if Satan's lazy, he wants you to be lazy so that you go against God too. It's called sloth. We must fight to end and embrace the battle. If not, we are failing as true man and Satan will move right past you, devouring your wife and children. If you don't defend your home in spiritual warfare against Satan, guess what? Then he didn't got rid of you. What are you there for? Your wife and kids don't need you then. Once Satan gets past you, man, your wife and kids is easy. They easy. Your powers in that home as a man are way more powerful than your wives when it comes to defense and protection. Because why? Your wife got to deal with the kids, man. Your job is to make sure and protect and defend that home. This is this was this right here is what your butt should be getting up for every day. This is what you should be getting up for every day. This is what should, should, should motivate you to get off your butt and do something every day. Because you got kids and a wife that are depending on you to be a man. And being a man ain't going out kicking everybody's butt. Being a man is getting on your knees and fighting Satan for your home. That's what it's about. And you can do it too. You just don't want to. You're being lazy. You know what to do. If you don't know how to do, get at your butt and research and you know how you learn how to do it. But you got to get Satan out your home, man. You got to get him out of there, dude. Because your home, you never be fulfilled as a man. Your home will never be the way it's supposed to be. Your kids going to always be crazy and out and undisciplined and they're going to hate you. Your wife's going to hate you eventually. And that's the way it is, man. That's the way it is, man. No longer can you sit in this country and not do nothing. No longer. Stand up and fight. And the way you do it is you start with your family and you get up every day and you kick Satan in his butt and you influence your environment as a man and you rock it. That's what you do. And I promise you, when you start waking up a year from now in 2025, you're going to look back and say, that's what I'm talking about. That's, I did that. You're going to look at your family. You're going to look at your marriage. You're going to look at your life and go, that's the life I'm trying to, I was trying to get. It's going to take hard work, man, but you can do it. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. 
That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right, gentlemen, we are back and we are going to end there for the day. I hope y'all all have a new happy new year, you know, and I hope that this show today has helped you uh, with the caller and with, with the content and things like that. But like I said in the last segment, you can do this, baby. You can do this. Don't let 2024 beat you. Do not. Get up every day, persevere and fight. Our Lord loves perseverance. You are the man, baby. You are it and you can do it. So as we end on this Thursday before New Year's, we end as we always do with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!